What's up, Hoop Ball Nation? It's Brandon Marcus from the Hoop Ball Clippers podcast. We're chatting about an exciting time in Clipperland with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George looking to lead the team to an NBA title. Tune in to hear guests ranging from TV voice Brian Seaman and radio voice Noah Eagle to various beat writers and team bloggers. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Hoop Ball Clips and follow me at BD Marcus. Looking forward to having you tune in. Loved ones, thank you for downloading the latest edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network. I'm your host, Amy Barling. Thank you so much, as always, for downloading. Hopefully, you're a subscriber so you never miss an episode. But most of all, we thank you so much for listening and allowing us to be a part of your Sacramento Kings basketball coverage. Granted, over the last few months, there really hasn't been much basketball to talk about. And today really is no exception that we talk about the consequences of the return the basketball, obviously, we all know the NBA is set to return in this metaphorical bubble of Orlando, Florida, and teams have started to gather up the troops, so to speak. The players have returned to their home market, as has been the case here for the Sacramento Kings, and with the return to the home market comes testing for the coronavirus, and with the testing of the coronavirus comes positive tests, and that's what the Sacramento Kings dealt with yesterday. Um I think this is going to be a common theme throughout the next couple of days. We're going to start hearing about players who have not made it back to market. Uh, We're going to start hearing about players who did return to market and test positive. That is the case for the Sacramento Kings. It's a little bit of both. Uh, They have three players uh, so far that have tested positive, or I should rephrase that. They have three players that we have been made aware of that have tested positive uh, for COVID-19. Those players, uh, Buddy Heald and Alex Lynn, both of them are in the Sacramento market. The third one being Jabari Parker, who is currently in Chicago. One thing that I haven't gotten clarity on is in the case of Jabari Parker, and I'm, sh- I'm sure there are going to be other players that fall into this category. He was obviously tested a few days ago. He was tested before uh, his return was set for Sacramento. And I wonder, like, do, do does Jabari, because what they have to do is they have to pass two coronavirus tests within a certain period of time of one another. So they have to pass two of those, and then once they do, are, are do, do they wait and do they go to Orlando on July 7th, or do they rejoin the team, or I guess not rejoin, do they join the team in their home market, and in this case of Jabari Parker, do they join him in Sacramento? Because it, like it, it, it seems like you're adding an extra step where maybe it would just be wise to go from point A to point B instead of going from point A to point C and then heading over to point B. That doesn't seem like the most you know, fluid form of transportation, especially when you're trying to avoid exposure. And last night, if you're, of course, I say last night, if you're listening to this on on Thursday, June 25th, of course, you could be listening to this at any time. That's the beauty of podcasts. And as I said, we appreciate you for listening. But if you were following enough, if you were following social media on the evening of June 24th, you saw the report that like, okay, I think it was Sean Cunningham. So far, at least one player has tested positive. And then there were, I can I can confirm, we've heard, you know, one Sacramento Kings test positive, and then Sarah Hodges, our friend over at CBS 13, says, well, we've heard at least four players have tested positive. And then it went back and forth between if it was four or if it was one. We then we knew it was Jabari Parker, and then we found out it was Buddy Heald, and then after we found out it was Buddy Heald, then we found out it was Alex Lynn, and I'm kind of waiting here as this is being recorded on Thursday, June 25th, wondering if another name is going to pop up here at any minute. 
And if you follow my show, the daily podcast uh, that I host, uh, the podcast with Damian Barling, which is available on the same podcast platform that you listen to this show on, hopefully uh, you'll give it a listen. If you follow us over there, you know that we've been talking about this is going to be a weird week for the NBA because the NBA is going to get hit. They're going to get hit with what what I think is going to be a lot of positive tests. And with those positive tests is going to come a lot of negative attention because there are going to be people screaming, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you resuming the season? And I think part of the, you know, and we'll, we'll dive back into King's news here in just a minute, but I, I, I kind of want to focus on these positive tests and the overall coverage that the NBA is getting right now because, and I expect it's going to get much worse over the course of the next coming days. But I think part of this is, you know, with people asking the question, like, why would the NBA return? Well, we all know that there's financial incentives for the NBA to return. And we all know that these are guys who are essentially, you know, going back to work as well. Just like a lot of people, they want to go back to work. Uh, Some people don't have work to go back to. I know we see LeBron James and we, you know, we talk about in the sports media world and as sports fans, we talk about, you know, so-and-so signed a contract for five years and $250 million or just, you know, you know, the absurd numbers that go along with these basketball contracts, the Timothy Mosgoff $50 million contracts and things like that. Like that's just part of, it's part of being a fan. It's part of being in sports media. It's part of just kind of knowing the business, being a part of the business and being ingrained into the business, right? It's part of, it's part of what we pay attention to, but there are a lot of guys who don't sign for that type of money. You know, there are guys who are at the 11th and 12th and 13th spot in the roster. And then in the case of, you know, this return to Orlando, there are some people in the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th spot on the roster that aren't making that LeBron James-like money, that aren't making the Chris Paul and James Harden and Russell Westbrook-type money. You know, they're, they're, they're making significantly lower contracts. And once those are taxed in all of the different states and you give some to your agent, like I, I often use the term, there's kind of a point where you're a lower-tier athlete you're still a football player you're still a baseball player you're still a basketball player but there's a point where it goes from because when people think oh he's a professional athlete oh he's he's got that professional athlete money there's a point where you go from being a professional athlete to just having a really good paying job and I think it there's a there's a certain point once you factor in agent fees union fees and all of the different taxes across all of the different states in in the NBA because you're not taxed just in your home state you're taxed you know across every state that you play in it, it comes a point where you're you you don't you don't really have that oh he's an NBA player he's got that NBA money it's just like oh no yeah no he's got a really good paying job the difference is that really w- w- when you fall into that category of having a really good paying job that means you're in the you know 15th slot on the roster, the 16th slot on the roster, maybe you're a two-way player, which means you're probably not going to last very long in the league because you're not that not that not that you're not a suitable player, not that you're you're a good enough player, but when you're in that spot, you're probably going to be replaced by someone younger. So you have a, a you you don't have that NBA money job, but you got a really good paying job that's paying, you know, I I, I don't know, 400 to $600,000 a year. Again, a very, very good paying job, but it's not like $250 million. It's not the money that we associate with being professional athletes. And it's a job that you're probably not going to have for that long. So, you know, separate from being like a, you know, an accountant or a finance manager or a doctor or a lawyer or a really good paying job that could earn you hundreds of thousands of dollars per year, you're going to have that job 
you know, if you do it right, and obviously you're doing it right, if you're earning that type of money, you're going to have that job for 10, 20, 30 years. Whereas when you hit that level as a professional athlete, when you're in that level of not having professional athlete money, just having, you know, really good job money, you're not going to be in that job for more than a couple of seasons. And so it's important for these guys, you know, to go back and earn their money. And the other thing that I think we often all forget about, and I, and I reference a tweet that I saw, and I don't know who to credit because I, I don't know who the person is. It's not someone that I follow. It's one of those algorithm things where someone, you know, liked the tweet and then it showed up on my timeline, like someone that I follow liked it and it showed up on my timeline. But it said, you know, their health, is greater than my entertainment. I thought, okay, this is obvious reference to the NBA, but it's like they're not. I think there's this belief that professional, like, because you know, people like to say, "Oh, we, we, America, we need sports. We need the distraction. We, we, we need it." Like, yeah, one, no, we don't. We haven't had sports for months, and look at, like, we're fine. Sure, the whole country's falling apart, but that has nothing to do with sports. That has to do with something else. That has to do with a number of other things. None of it has to do with the absence of sports. And I don't believe that there is an individual out there short-sighted enough to believe that they need sports to function. However, these athletes, this is what they do. This is their life. This is their livelihood. This is what they have you know, been reaching for and, and striving for and aiming for ever since they were, you know, in most cases, probably not even teenagers yet. Now, I'm not going to be the, you know, the guy who goes on the show and I says, you know, most of these players want to return to NBA. I have no idea if most of these guys on these 22 rosters want to return to the NBA. But I'm guessing there is a there's I'm guessing that there is a large percent of them that do. And even if that large percentage is only 60 percent, that's still a majority. And I'm guessing they want to return. I'm guessing they believe they have a chance at the championship. And that's what they do. They play basketball to try to win championships. They play basketball to try to earn their next contracts. They, pay, they play basketball to, uh, you know, to feed their families and to earn money and to put money away and to do all those different things. Like, that's what they play ball for. And I think that this is, the, you know, this is, a, this is a passion for them. And I think it would be interesting to have a poll. And I assume that they had one, even if it was a, you know, not the most scientific poll. I assume that they had one where they were like, all right, guys, who wants to return? And I'm not talking about LeBron and Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. I'm not talking about those guys. I'm not talking about Giannis and Kawhi and Paul George. I'm talking about everybody, 32, 30 teams across the league. I'm talking about all of them. Did they, did they have a conversation about, do you want to go back to play? Should we go back to play? And I think those are two different, you know, because it's it's not the same for everybody. I think it's the same for 16 teams. I understand they threw these six other teams in, and who knows what's going to happen with teams like the Blazers and the Kings and the, and the well, the Suns, but technically the Suns, but not really the Suns, the Pelicans and so on. Like, who knows? Maybe, maybe they've got a chance to get in there and see it. But if you ask... The Warriors, did they run a return? Of course, probably, probably not. Like, why? Come back for, like, for what? If you ask, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, for what? But if you ask the Bucks and the Celtics and the 76ers, if you ask the players on those rosters, if you ask the players on the, 
You know, the, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, you ask them, hey, what do you think about this? And there's a lot to factor in, as we saw with Avery Bradley. You know, Avery Bradley was kind of leading the social justice charge along with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving was a little bit different because he couldn't go to the bubble no matter what because he's not playing, he's injured. And he's not going to play at all regardless of what Brooklyn does. So he, he was kind of an anomaly where it's like, okay, it's, you know, I... He can't do anything either way. Like, even if even if he tries to shut the league down, like he can't he he can't go. So I I don't I don't I don't know what Kyrie wanted out of all this, but we knew what Avery Bradley wanted. But in the end, it 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 went back to Avery Bradley is is a man with a wife and three kids. One of his three kids has a respiratory issue, who probably wouldn't have been cleared by the NBA to be in the bubble because Avery Bradley. We're talking about the Lakers. He's probably going to be playing into September and October. I would think, you know, I think a lot of weird things are going to happen if we get as far as the NBA playoffs, but you know, we expect the Lakers to be there. He was going to be away from his family for a while. They're not allowed to return or excuse me. They're not allowed to have family arrive until what the second round of the playoffs. So at that point you've got, okay, second round of the playoffs. We're about, let's see, four, five, six, seven, eight, maybe 10, eight to 10 weeks away from you know, our families, but now my son can't come. My six-year-old can't come. And Bradley said, yeah, I'm not going to do this. I actually expected a lot more players to say, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm not going. And I didn't expect, you know, I thought there might be one, and Avery Bradley is an important part of the Los Angeles Lakers. He's not an insurmountable loss, but he is a loss. I didn't expect like a LeBron or a Chris Paul. I, you know, I think they had, they had that ironed out, you know, months ago. But I did think we would see a player who'd be like, ah, I, I don't know. I, I still, you know, I half-ass expected Dame and CJ to be like, ah, nah, we're not going. But none of that happened. You know, and, and the deadline is coming on. It's, it's not too late for anybody to opt out. I wondered, you know, I, I brought this up on the podcast the other day. What if players get to Orlando and they go like, uh, I can't. sorry, coach. Sorry, fellas. I'm out. There's nothing that there's nothing stopping a player from leaving. Once they get to Orlando, they can't go back, but there's nothing stopping them from leaving. But I think that that part is behind us. What's just going to happen over the course of the next few days is okay. How, what is the percentage of players that have tested positive for COVID-19? Now, another thing that uh, has to be taken into account, and I was guilty of forgetting this, was a lot of players were already in market and they were already working out at facilities. So, for example, if, if De'Aaron Fox was working out at the Golden One Center, right? If De'Aaron Fox was in Sacramento and he was working out at the Golden One Center, he had already been tested. So he wasn't, even though he's still getting tested and players are getting tested every other day, not just players, but coaches, team personnel, everybody who is expected to go to that bubble is getting tested every other day. I know someone who's, who's been back for four days and already has had two uh, COVID-19 tests. But you, you, I, th- those guys have already been tested. The coaches have already been tested. The, the training staff has already been tested. So there's a large percentage of these 22 teams there's a large percentage of their traveling party to Orlando that has already been tested. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know what the. Like of the number of people traveling to Orlando, July 7th, 
I don't know what percentage of those people are being tested for the first time this week versus what percentage of players were tested, you know, in the weeks prior. You know, because we had heard stories about the Lakers. We had heard stories about LeBron James doing, you know, some sort of, you know, workout. But he wasn't doing it. Uh, he was doing workouts with teammates, but he wasn't doing it at the facility. There's this billionaire in Southern California that has a house with a court that he, he has a court in, in his mansion that replicates that of the Staples Center. It, and it has the banner, the you know, the, the retired jerseys, the banners, all of that stuff hanging up in there. So LeBron has been doing his workouts there at this billionaire's house. The Lakers have been doing workouts. And the reason they've been doing that is because they don't have to adhere to the same safety protocols that you do when you go inside of a facility. That doesn't mean LeBron hasn't been tested. I have no idea if LeBron has been tested or not or if Anthony Davis has been tested or how many of the Los Angeles Lakers were tested prior to yesterday. Jabari Parker was tested before getting on a plane, and you know we know that that's resulted in him staying in, 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 in Chicago, and he's going to have to quarantine for a while, and then he's going to have to pass two positive tests. The two positive tests is a parameter that's going to be put in place throughout the remainder of, for, like from now until this is over, assuming this actually ends, assuming we actually crown an NBA champion, from now until the moment that champagne bottle is popped, there are going to be... Um, COVID-19 test every other day. And if you fail one or if you don't pass one or if you test positive for one, however you the proper way to word this is, the only way to return to your team or to return to uh, the metaphorical bubble, if you will, is you've got to pass two tests in a row. And they are based a certain hour's apart. And that's the case now. That's the case for Jabari Parker. That's going to be the case for Alex Lynn. And that's going to be the case for Buddy Heald. They can't return to the Sacramento Kings. They can't return to the Golden One Center. They can't get on the plane to Orlando until they pass two tests in a row. And, you know, the other news that uh, we haven't had an opportunity to talk about yet here on the Sacramento Kings podcast involves the return of Corey Brewer, which is awesome. Uh, Corey Brewer is a huge fan favorite among Sacramento Kings fans. Uh, super high energy. He dis- he he displayed every single character trait that Sacramento Kings fans are so fond of. And Sam Amick reported yesterday. Sam Amick, of course, of the Athletic uh, in the city of Roseville. Uh, I think he's Roseville or El Grove. I forgot where Sammy was. Regardless, that's neither here nor there. He reported yesterday for the Athletic that. Uh, Corey Brewer's signing was in response to the revelation that Jabari Parker had tested positive. Um, so that's actually a big plus. <laughs> like, I think I, you know, I, I don't want to pile on Jabari Parker, but I think if you surveyed Kings fans and you said, who would you rather have right now? Corey Brewer or Jabari Parker? I feel, feel like I'm pretty in tune with you guys, and you can certainly correct me if I'm wrong. I got a text line here. You can hit up any time of day, 916-888-5898. It doesn't matter what day you're listening to this. It doesn't matter what time you are listening to this. That text goes directly to me on my phone, 916-888-5898. I feel like Kings fans would rather have Corey Brewer than Jabari Parker. And to take it a step further, I don't even think that's a hot take. I think that's just, I feel like every Kings fan listening to this just kind of nodded their head like, yeah, duh, of course we would. Although the Kings players have returned to Sacramento with the obvious exception 
of Jabari Parker. Um, and as we mentioned as well, regular COVID-19 tests are happening uh, every other day. Uh, and the idea is, I don't think, you know, I, I had thought that, you know, we would have as many as 100 positive tests in the NBA, whether it be players, coaches, you know, how, however it, it, it was worked out. I, th- I thought the number of personnel associated with the National Basketball Association that would test positive over the course of this week, you know, like this four-day span or so, would be, would be about 100. And that number doesn't matter. I know it's jarring and it's, it's, you know, it's indicative. It's indicative of what's going on in California and Florida. It's what's indicative of going uh, around the country. Like there was all of this talk about flattening the curve. And, you know, we were able to do that because we were quarantining. We were staying at home. We were under stay at home orders. We flattened the curve and then we opened everything up like nothing had happened and shot that number right back up to the sky. And... The important part here is is that the NBA has to flatten their curve. So if they start out at 100, by the time they leave for Orlando, that number needs to be down to about single digits. Because obviously those people that test positive, they're not going to Orlando, or at least they're not going to Orlando right away. Ideally, you want the number to be down to zero. You don't want any positive tests lingering over any NBA player or anyone associated with the National Basketball Association on July 7th. Again, if someone tests positive July 6th, 5th, 4th, whatever, they're not going to Orlando until they pass those two positive tests, assuming that the team, assuming that they're not just a replaceable person. Like I'd imagine, certainly could be wrong, if it's a, there are certain positions within organizations that are mandated by the league. Like you have to have a, like a digital media coordinator, right? You have to have your, your, your trainer, your doctor. Those, I think it's 35 or 36 spots that each team gets in Orlando. Uh, there's a couple of positions that are, that are mandated by the league. You have to bring your uh, strength coach. You have to bring your team doctor. You have to bring your you know, rehab physician or whatever. You know what I mean? So, and one of, the, one of the mandated positions is a digital media coordinator. And that is to... You know, with the with with I don't believe there's going to be a large contingent of media there. So with the absence of large con, uh, a large contingent of media, you have your digital media coordinator who can feed practice videos, uh, practice, inter- you know, interviews from practice, interviews with the coach, postgame stuff, things like that. Now, I could be way out of line in this thinking, but let's say for an example, the digital media coordinator tests positive on July 6th. For whatever reason, that person tests positive on July 6th. I don't know that that person has to pass two COVID-19 tests before they return to Orlando as much as a team might just be like, okay, we're going to take somebody else. We're going to, we're going to take someone in your department. Like we're not going to take you. We're going to take someone in your department. We're not eliminating the position because we can't eliminate the position as mandated by the NBA. So maybe we're not taking the head of our digital media department. Maybe we're taking the, you know, the second in command in our digital media department. So I think those, I, you know, I wonder how much tinkering we see in terms of the people who are scheduled to go to Orlando right now today, June 25th, and who winds up actually going to Orlando on July 7th. Because the goal, in fact, it's not even a goal. It is an absolute necessity that the NBA enters that bubble, and it's a metaphorical bubble. It's not a real bubble. They enter Orlando. They enter that Walt Disney World complex with 
zero co- that like the cur- the curve isn't flat like the curve is non-existent the number is zero and then you have to watch everything from there because again it's not a real bubble it's 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 metaphorical there are hotel staff that are coming and going um, whether it's clean and and I know that the NBA has their own cooks and there you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot at play that could destroy this whole thing, especially with what's going on in Florida. There's a great deal at play that could destroy this whole thing. But the NBA has to do everything they can to prevent, you know, a widespread breakout. And the first step in doing that is July 7th. Every personnel, every team personnel that gets on that plane uh, and heads to Orlando uh, is clean. And they start in Orlando at zero and then work from there. Such a bizarre situation. I don't know, like I've been thinking, you know, like, like when do we get to like the King's chances of winning? You know what I mean? Like when do we get like, okay, is Memphis going to fall apart? Is Zion and the Pelicans, are they going to rise to the occasion? Are the Portland Trailblazers even interested in this? We know the Suns aren't catching anybody. We know the Spurs don't even want to be there. What like what are we really talking about here? Who's the dark horse to win the championship? Is there a team that could surprise? Could it be the Clippers and the Thunder in the Western Conference Finals? Could it be the Lakers and the Rockets in the Western Conference Finals? Could Philadelphia, who's been like, you know, in this, you know, sea of tumultuousness? I don't think that that's a word, but if it's if it's not, we're going to make it one because it's a great word. They've been a sea of tumultuousness. All season. And, well, hey, you know what? You know you know who really benefited from the break was Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and the rest of the Philadelphia 76ers. What about the Raptors? Could the Raptors actually sneak in and win a second NBA championship? Do the Bucs just keep rolling along? Remember the Bucs were struggling. Remember the Bucs were hurt. The Bucs were going to win 70 games. And then they... they they, they started dealing with injuries. They had lost a couple of games in the row before the shutdown. And then it became, okay, well, they're, they're almost, they're, they're not going to win 70, but, you know, are they going to be able to be healthy by the time the playoffs get here? That's the other thing. Everybody's healthy now. Everybody. And if you weren't unhealthy, you're rested. Who does that benefit? Do We've never experienced anything like this before. Ever. It's It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. But what does it all mean? I, I, I don't know because we're too busy talking about COVID-19 tests. And I, 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 I want to talk about the NBA. I want to talk about, you know, the on-the-court on the product. I just feel like it's short-sighted at this point. It's, it's almost like, okay, well, we've got to get through this part at first. I guess the day we can really start talking about it is like July 8th or 9th. Or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's like, I think it's July 11th because they get to, they get to Orlando you know, July 7th, they, they do a round of testing and then they start practice, I think, a couple of days later. So I guess when they start practice is when this all becomes real. Because right now it still doesn't feel real. I thought it would feel real when everybody was back, particularly here. You know, with the signing of Corey Brewer, Kings made an addition. It's like, okay, especially a fan favorite like Corey Brewer. It's like, all right. You know what's happening here. Now you're starting to see you're starting to see familiar sports stories. Like the reason Avery Bradley 
isn't going to be around for the playoff run is an unfamiliar story. But the fact that the Lakers are looking to sign J.R. Smith for the postseason, it's like, ah, okay, oh, we're back. These are these are regular sports stories. But then you get inundated with, oh, wait a minute, Alex Lynn, Buddy Heal, Jabari Parker. Oh, okay, these aren't regular sports stories. And I don't, I, I think we're still, it, it, you know, the amazing thing about all of this is we're still over a month away from a game actually being played. And I think you can, you know, I'm not a gambler by any stretch of the imagination, but if there are Vegas odds out there for this season actually happening, what are they? I don't think there's a number that the NBA sees over the course of the next few days and goes, oh, nope, we can't do that. I think if everyone tested positive, they'd be like, okay, well, we've got a plan for this. Quarantine, and then we'll do the round of tests again. And then we expect the number to shrink, and they expect the number to shrink. The point is, no matter what the number of positive tests is today, it has to be zero on July 7th. And they go to Orlando with that number zero on their shoulders, and they start working from there. Because they can know that their plan prior to leaving was effective. Seems virtually impossible to go to leave on July 7th and every player, coach, team personnel being good just because of what's going on in the various states that all of these all of these teams are in. I mean, the, the team most likely to fly to Orlando with a, you know, a full group of personnel that they planned with without any last-minute adjustments is probably Toronto because they're the first ones to go. They don't really they they don't have to linger around Canada. They don't have to linger around their home city. They could do their testing and they could head straight to Orlando. They're going to be the first team in Orlando. You know, they kind of got everything to themselves to start. But that's because of the mandates that are in Canada, which should absolutely be the same mandates that are here in America, but they're not. Because, quite honestly, we're stupid. We're stupid and we're selfish. And you see that by the fact that some of, hopefully none of you, went to freaking bars. As a matter of fact, I know some of you went to bars because some of you are my friends. I won't call y'all out by name. You may have exchanged text messages over the course of the last few days. And your asses were out at bars, man. What are you guys doing? I don't know, man. We'll see what happens over the course of... I, I, I don't think it... Actually, I would probably just say today and tomorrow because they started testing a couple of days ago. I expected yesterday. I expected June 24th to be a really, really bad day. Uh, and it wasn't. I don't know, you know, how, and, and this is, you know, this is the thing without media really being around. And, you know, if, if this was a, a semi-normal situation where teams were, you know, at the, or excuse me, where media was at the team's facility on a day-to-day basis. Okay, maybe, okay, wait a minute. Jabari, wait, Jabari's not here. Alex Lynn isn't here. Buddy's not here. Okay, who else isn't here? Then you can go just directly to ask somebody like, hey, I saw, uh, these five players weren't here. Does that have anything to do with COVID-19 testing? Well, we're relying on teams to be forthright with the information, one, uh, and we're relying on, you know, media to kind of, you know, dig around and find out what's going on. Remember, you know, when this stuff was being reported, it was at least one. And then there were people, you know, other reporters saying, okay, it's just one. And then there were reporters saying, nope, it's actually four. And then there were other reporters saying like, yeah, no, it's not one, it's four. As of right now, at the time of this recording, it's three. We'll see. 
you know, we'll 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 see if that changes. It, it and, and just because it starts at three doesn't mean uh, it can't you know wind up being four or five or six. But it's just a weird you know it's a weird thing that we'll we'll watch closely. We're still again we're still weeks away from practice. We're still a month away from a game, and I it, it feels short sighted to start discussing. Okay, what are the Kings' chances here? You know, what are the Kings going to be able to do here in Orlando? How do we measure that up against the, you know, the, the three, four teams that they're going to be competing with? Do we have to keep San Antonio into the conversation? Does San Antonio even want to be there? We know the Marcus Aldridge isn't going to be there. They sent him in to get surgery. They're already thinking about next year. They wanted to make sure that Aldridge was ready to play next year. Whatever that looks like. God knows what next season is going to look like. I think that's another thing, too, is we talk about, you know, people keep saying, why, 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 why is the NBA doing this? Why is Major League Baseball doing this? Why is the NFL insisting on playing these games? Why is Philip Formal's stupid ass talking about the, the athletic director at University of Tennessee? Why is he talking about having 100,000 people inside Neyland Stadium to start the college football season? Why are people doing this? I can tell you Philip Fulmer is doing that because he's an idiot. But the rest of these leagues, they're doing it because there's no end in sight. Like we all keep saying, you know, I, you know, I hear guys saying, oh, shut it down. Just wait till next year. Okay, but you don't know that it's going to be better next year. I mean, technically, next year for the NBA is October. So, so do you mean skip next season two and start talking about October 2021? Because that's, a, that's, a, that's an awful bold assessment to make for, you know, that's an awful bold proclamation to make to, to a league that would lose billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars by not even attempting to play. And I think it's because there, we don't know when this is going to end. We don't know when, if ever, we'll return to normal. You know, we keep hearing, well, once a vaccine comes along, and Dr. Fauci said we might get it at the end of 2020, if not early 2021. But we're, you know, we're trying to get it as quickly as we can. I think he used the line, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And, and, and we're moving towards our goal of having that vaccine. It's like, okay, cool. That's still not definitive. Because if you were able to say, if you were able to tell every league, hey, we can have, we're going to have, we could tell you with 100% certainty we are going to have a vaccine in place, a widespread, widely available vaccine in place for everyone, October 1st. I think the NFL would hold off the start of their season for a month. I think the NBA would consider punting on this year and saying, okay, that's right around the time we start our next season. Let's roll with it. Let's do it. NHL, same thing. Major League Baseball, maybe they try to squeeze in the season or maybe they just wash their hands and go, okay, we lost We lost an entire year. It is devastating. It is brutal. But we know on October 1st, we're ready to go. Well, what was the line I just gave you from Dr. Fauci? Well, we might have it at the end of this year, if not early next year. Okay, so we might not have it in October or November or December. We might not have it in January, February, or March. That eats up the entire NFL season. That eats up another chunk of the NBA season. So what do you do? We keep operating under this sense of uncertainty. And it's obviously not just sports league. All of, all of us are doing it. You know, I know that there are businesses who have completely changed 
you know, their model of business moving forward. Like the, I think there are a lot of businesses that are never going to go back to the Monday through Friday, nine to five workday anymore. I think there are a lot of businesses that saw, wow, we function very effectively from home. I think we could, I think we could possibly operate this way. We could bring down our overhead by allowing certain types of employees to work from home. Obviously not everybody can work from home. Salespeople can work from home. Uh, media salespeople can work from home. There are a lot of types of jobs that can work from home. And I think businesses are recognizing that. But nobody is putting anything definitive in place because we don't know what's we don't know what's going on. We don't know when this is going to end. And that's true for the NBA, that's true for the NHL, that's true for the NFL, that's true for Major League Baseball, it's true for you, it's true for me. We're just waiting to see. And that's kind of what every day is as it pertains to sports. Every single day is different. A couple of days ago, there was no chance Major League Baseball was going to return. Major League Baseball is returning. It's like every day is different, 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 different. And so hopefully the next time, you know, I, again, you know, we talk next week, what's it going to be July 2nd, 3rd, 4th, somewhere around there. They're still not going to be practicing. Teams aren't still going to be practicing. The only thing we're going to be monitoring is did anybody test positive? Was anybody hurt during an individual workout? Has anybody been kind of ruled out from, from heading to Orlando? Like did they decide, you know, we're not going to take Jabari Parker to Orlando anymore. He's not going to be one of the players that we're taking. You know, those are the types of things because we're still not at the point where we talk about chances and opportunities to win. I still think we're at minimum two and a half weeks from that. Because at that point in two and a half weeks, I think they're, you know, teams are practicing. And we could start getting information back from practicing. Obviously, we're still monitoring positive tests. We're still monitoring health. We're still monitoring injuries. We're still monitoring those things. But, you know, now the conversation can shift a little bit because it'll start to feel like, okay, maybe basketball is going to return. Because I'm still, at this point, it's like, ugh, I don't know that we're going to make it till July 30th. I think the NBA's plan is solid. I just don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if we're going to make it there. But hopefully we do. And if we do, we will most definitely do it together. felt like hitting that run DMC one more time. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your Sacramento Kings basketball coverage. If you're not a subscriber yet, please do become one. Uh, if you haven't caught up on some of our past episodes, we just had Aaron Bruski on a couple of weeks ago. Check that out. We're going to start booking guests. I really didn't want to start booking guests until there was, you know, something outside of COVID-19 to talk about. Uh, but we've got a nice little list lined up uh, ready for once the season resumes. So make sure you hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to us on. Uh, we'll have plenty more coverage of the Sacramento Kings as well. Uh, if you're into daily sports talk or at least uh, a podcast that is centered on sports, we dive into a number of other things. You can check out the podcast with Damian Barling. That is available on the same podcast platform that you're listening to this one on. You want to support this show or any of my shows, you can head over to patreon.com slash Damian Barling. Tons of bonus content over there. Tons of extra podcasts over there available for you as well. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Damian Barling. We'll see you next time here on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network.